And phones are actually doing the same thing, certainly not to the same degree as drugs, but they are. That's why they're drawing us back. They're also very sophisticatedly designed. You know, the people have their only job in these app companies and these phone companies is to keep us scrolling for hours and hours because the more time we spend on these apps, whether it's social media or news or games, the more money they make. And so those little pops of the likes and comments and the vibrations and the sounds and notifications, they're all very strategically designed to keep us hooked on our phones. Are you spending hours each and every day scrolling through social media or often picking up your phone almost without realizing that you're doing it in the first place? If you said yes, you are not alone. Phone addiction or overusing our digital devices is our most commonly reported unwanted habit. More than any other unwanted habit, people all around the world want to feel more empowered to put their phone down. Welcome to the Eat, Live and Move podcast by Miyagi, a space where we bring you the latest science-backed conversations, expert insights and practical tips relating to all things health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gina Cleo, your personal habit change expert. And I'm Dr. Ross Walker. I'm a cardiologist and preventative health expert. And together with our 60 plus years of collective experience, mostly thanks to Ross, we're on a mission to help you to improve your health and transform your habits so you can eat, live and move better one episode at a time without the fluff or the fads. Ross, I am so freaking excited about this week's episode because whenever I do a corporate presentation or I run a course on habits, people always tell me how they want to break their habit of using their phone too much. So I think it's a really important conversation to have. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the topic of phone addiction and how it's affecting us and our health and what we can do to have a better relationship with our smartphones which I think is most of us in today's modern world. Most of us can benefit from it. Yeah, and Gina, can I say I'm really glad we're talking about this because I, I think it is a very serious issue. And the, the point is now, one, one of the things that does my head in, you go to a restaurant and I see these young uns, the, the older folk <laughs> don't tend to do this. I hate the word folk, but I said it anyhow. <laughs> But older people don't tend to do this. Mm. But you see these young'uns who are out together at a restaurant and both of them are just sitting there looking at their phones. Oh, I know. I mean, it just does my head in. I know. So, Unless they're looking at a menu because, you know, now you can scan the QR code. At oh, no, but they're not. I they're think not. phones should not even be on the table. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, totally Ross, agree we are using digital devices more frequently now than ever before in history. A recent survey showed that we're spending on average, wait for it, eight to nine hours a day looking at a screen, whether that's our phone or computer or television. That's literally a third of our life or roughly 27 years looking at a screen, which blows my mind because nature is just so beautiful. Now, the issue with this is the more screen time that we engage in, the less active we are, and research shows this. We're also less connected to other people, which is so important to our health and well-being. And also, we experience more feelings of things like loneliness and anxiety and depression. Also, this is something I'm really passionate about is sleep. And the blue light from our screens is one of the main contributors to poor sleep. You know, people often tell me that 
as soon as they wake up, the first thing they do is they scroll on their phones for an hour, an hour and a half, and they only stop because they're late for work and they have to rush out the door. They also tell me that it's usually the last thing that they're doing before going to bed. Now, admittedly, I have planned to go to the gym before and I ended up scrolling on Facebook Marketplace and I never made it to the gym. Ironically, I was actually looking at an exercise bike to buy. So that was my justification. But look, Ross, you mentioned before there are generational differences in the way that we use our devices. I'm in my 30s. I and, and I think my age group and younger and slightly older are more reliant on our devices. They're now more, how should I say it? advanced generations. So do you, and say your generation, do you feel like you overuse your phone and other digital devices? No, I, I don't think I do, but I do use my computer, my phone. I watch television like most people do, uh, but I think I do it appropriately. And I, I typically use the phone or the computer for work-related things. I, I, I have, I, I'll make this frank uh, admission here, I've never played a video game. I don't know what it's like to play a video game. I was telling so, Ross the other day that my bad habit is playing too much Tetris, and Ross said, what is Tetris? Yeah, I, I have no idea. But can I? Wow. this is the point I wanted to make about this. Uh, for, firstly, um, one, one of my great heroes, I think the greatest mind ever, Albert Einstein, once said, a society that is controlled by technology is a society of idiots. And I think we are a society of idiots because of this ridiculous control we have on technology. And let me tell you why. That I, you see, the brain was actually designed for three dimensions. You think about this, there are no straight lines in nature, none at all. Everything's a bit curved. And this is the point. We're supposed to think and feel and behave in three dimensions. So as you, as soon as you put a flat screen in front of anyone, whether that's a television, a computer, a mobile phone, a Kindle, you dumb them down because they, their brain is now being expected to work in two dimensions. And, and I see it with children. When, when any of my grandchildren are on their screens, you can't get anything out of them. You completely change their behavior. So I find all of this incredibly disturbing. I said before about the, the, the two young'uns at the restaurant looking at their phones, not talking to each other. And once, and once I walked into a cafe that says, sorry, we don't have Wi-Fi, talk to, to each other. other. Yes, I've yes. seen the same signs. Okay. Do you time. think that it's because of a generational difference that you're using your device less than others? I mean, no, actually, and my other question, which you have to answer, do, have you ever been on a YouTube binge? No, no. My I, I, I mean, Lord, Ross, you no, are like- sorry. You are living on another planet, my friend. I, I'm, I wish I had your kind of lifestyle. I, my, a YouTube binge is my number one way to procrastinate. No, no. I, I, look, I hardly ever look at YouTube. I, I just, it just doesn't. I, look, I will. I, I exercise my exercise bike a half an hour every day. It's just sort of sitting just over my shoulder here, and um, and I watch television whilst I'm exercising. So I do look at a flat screen whilst I'm exercising, but I don't ever go to YouTube. I hardly okay. ever look at YouTube. So what do you do when you just feel like winding down, wasting time? You've got some idle moments. What do you do with yourself? Well, I'll report that when it happens. Um, yeah, I, uh, idle, idle moments. No, well, what I will then do is, is I might go and have one of those nano naps and afternoon sleep. So, for example, a study of 23,000 Greeks 
showed that those who had an afternoon sleep for 20 minutes, anything more than 30 minutes is actually bad for you, but a 20-minute to 30-minute afternoon sleep reduces your risk for cardiovascular disease by by about 40%. The working Greeks, there's not many of those left, but the working Greeks, a 50% reduction in cardiovascular disease by having an afternoon sleep. So I might lie down, have an afternoon sleep, I might re read a book, um, but I certainly wouldn't get there and wow. just fiddle with my phone. So I you just really don't. do. And I'm not saying I'm. A, I'm preach. I, I, no, I do because I, I think it, it is actually bad for the brain. It and is. I, one, one of the most exciting things to me is learning. So I just love to learn things. Um, and I just I don't like to waste my time. And I just think sitting there idly looking at a phone or idly watching some rubbish on television <laughs> or just going through a computer website for the sake of it is a waste of time. I just don't I like it. wasting time. You literally sound like a granddad through and through. Let me give you well, some Because I, I am. I've got eight <laughs> grandchildren. I've just oh inherited God, three eight. more. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, let me give you some stats on phone use to show that, Ross, you are an anomaly in society. Do you know adults spend on average two and a half hours a day scrolling through social media yes, across truth. our lifespan? That's about five years and four months. We check our phones within minutes of waking up and we have it in our hands up until we fall asleep. Have you heard of nomophobia? Uh, no, Mo. Well, 66% of the population shows signs of nomophobia and what it is, is the fear of being without your phone people actually feel quite uncomfortable if they have to leave the house without their phone. 70% of school teachers have noticed their students being negatively distracted by mobile phones. And actually in Queensland, the state where I live in Australia, the government has announced, has announced that from next year, from 2024, they are going to be banning phones from schools. But Kids still have their iPads. They can do everything else on their iPads. It's the same. 52% of teenagers sit for long periods of time in silence on their smartphones while they're hanging out with their friends. And on average, smartphone owners unlock their phones 150 times a day. Do you know that what? there are now digital detox retreats popping up all around the world where people are seeking help to detach from their devices? Can I just ask a question? What do you mean unlock their phones 150 times yeah, a day? Yeah, we just pick up our phone and we unlock it and we have no reason. There's no messages. We're not having to do it. We're just unlocking it to get ahead of dopamine, to be distracted by something. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, there are, there's very sophisticated design. See, see, Ross, what happens with my theory with why we use our phones so much, there's several reasons, but... I think one of the main reasons is dopamine. We get this hit of dopamine when we're looking through social media or through, you know, television or YouTube or gaming, and it gives us this rush of feeling good. It gives us a feeling of euphoria. Yeah. Can, can I just say, we, we have to explain to everyone, some people may not know what dopamine is. We have five happy chemicals in our brain, two unhappy ones, and dopamine is the pleasure chemical. So there's a mm -hmm. part of your brain called the locus ceruleus or the nucleus accumbens, which is all around the same spot. That's the pleasure center. So when you do anything that's pleasurable, you get a little squirt of dopamine. And this is the problem with illegal drugs. If yes. you have a, a snort of cocaine or freebase cocaine crack or ice or any of those horrible, horrible things, you get this overwhelming... Drugs. No, no, 
dreadful. This overwhelming pouring out of dopamine out of those areas, the nucleus accumbens, and it just hijacks your pleasure center. So nothing else gives you pleasure. That's right. So that's what dopamine does. Yeah. And phones are actually doing the same thing, certainly not to the same degree as drugs, but they sure. are. That's why they're drawing us back. They're also very sophisticatedly designed. You know, the people have their only job in these app companies and these phone companies is to keep us scrolling for hours and hours because the more time we spend on these apps, whether it's social media or news or games, the more money they make. And so those little pops of the likes and comments and the vibrations and the sounds and notifications, they're all very strategically designed to keep us hooked no. on our phones. Oh, please. <laughs> It obviously isn't doing it for you, but, you know, other people have reported that they feel that they check their phones more most often when they're feeling lonely. So I think there's this false perceived feeling of connection with others. How do you feel connected to others, Ross? Like, do you, obviously you're not scrolling on social media. What do you call them? Do you send snail mail? What do you do? I actually talk to them. How? I, I mean, I can't. Well, I see them. I mean, you know, I've, got, I've got this huge family. When the Walker family turns up anywhere, they say, sorry, no coach parties. I mean, there are so many of us. So I've got five children, eight grandchildren, all of their partners, not the grandchildren's partners, they're too young, of course, but the, all the children's partners. So I've got a huge extended family. And we just see each other all the time and do a thing called talking. talking and I tell them to get to off face. the damn phones. <laughs> I won't have phones at the table. Do you see any photo? How do you see their photos? Well, my Do wife they shows show me. Show them, yeah. Okay, so well, your my wife, wife shows me on the phone. Okay. Well, she does all that stuff. Yeah, I, but people say, "Oh, did you see the thing on Facebook?" No, I didn't look. Yeah. Okay. Look, I respect you. I, I honestly think what you're doing is certainly creating a much healthier dopamine balance, which many of us need because the more hits that we're getting from social media or sugar or whatever it might be, mm. right? the more we feel like we need and therefore the more addicted we get to these things. And I think that's why it's having such a negative impact on people's lives and why it is the number one habit that people are trying to break at the moment. Good. Well, it's a, it's a <laughs> habit I think they should be trying to break because I think it's a disgraceful habit that's part of the reason of the destruction of society. And also, it, it's you see, to me, the I don't know what the sites are, but whether it's Facebook or whatever they call it or Twitter or now it's X, I think, um, and all this bullying that goes on and, and these poor kids who are being bullied by other other people's children, it's just horrible, just horrible. Mm. And, and I think the phone gives them more access. When I was a kid, there was a phone that you used to have to dial with your finger and, and it took a long time to do it. And oh, you'd have really a chat on the phone. You, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But, oh, okay, I'm an old fart. But, but, I love but it. The, <laughs> but but your parents are telling you to get off the phone so you'd have yeah. a 10-minute conversation. That was the end of it. And yeah. now people are being bullied on these stupid phones they have with them all the time. It does my head in. Yeah, and look, why it's so bad, and I, I do agree with Ross, is that we know that phones negatively impact sleep, productivity, relationships, our emotional and mental well-being. We, are re we have reduced physical activity the more time we spend on our phone and also it impairs our cognitive function. Research literally flat shows screen. flat screen. Yes, we have less critical thinking skills, less memory retention, less capacity to problem solve. I think also as well, just habitually, you know, consuming negative online news, which is called doom scrolling. You may have heard. Do it does make people feel more anxious and fearful and stressed and sad, and we know that. 
So I do agree with you, Ross, but it is a really difficult habit to break for a lot of people. I know you don't understand it, but it's just so embedded in our life. Yeah, but well, tell me, what can you're, you're the habit expert, I'm not. What can people do to break what I believe is an appalling habit? I think the first thing is you know, bringing awareness, understanding how much you're actually using your phone, when you're using your phone and where you're using your phone. Because all our habits are triggered by something else. It's generally the time of day, the place you're in, what you're feeling, who you're around. You know, I would almost say that those two people you saw at the cafe just looking at their phone, they probably don't really want to be there with each other. They're probably, I don't know, anxious or they've just had an argument or something and they're avoiding that interaction with their phone. So, First thing to do is awareness. I think the second thing is to place boundaries. I have in my home no phone zones. I have dedicated spaces in my house where I don't let my phone enter, and that is firstly the bedroom, uh, the dining table, and I also don't ever use my phone the first hour after waking or the hour before bed. So I've created those boundaries. To do all that though, you know, there's really unpacking in those strategies. Most of us use our phones for our alarm. That means our phones have to be in our bedrooms. But what I do is I plug my phone somewhere where I can't reach it from my bed. So if the alarm goes off, I mean, I often don't need an alarm to get up because I'm a morning person, but say, say that is the case. Then once the alarm goes off, I still have to get out of bed, walk over to my alarm to turn it off which also stops me from snoozing. So that's also a really good thing to do. But I think having those dedicated no phone zones and no phone times are really helpful. There yep. are also apps, and you'll, this will probably blow your mind, Ross. There it are will. tech prohibiting apps that <laughs> lock you. I know. I knew you'd find this hilarious. <laughs> I knew it. But you obviously don't appreciate how hard this is for people. Tech prohibiting apps that lock you out of social media after a certain amount of time. There's a few of them. One called Freedom, one's called Rescue Time, and there's others. <laughs> Can I just say? Please do. On, on my phone, I, I, I'm sure many people have this and know about it, but I, my phone goes to sleep at a certain time and wakes. So people can't call me between about, I think it's 10 o'clock to about quarter past seven in the morning. So I can't yeah. get a call. So if anyone wants me urgently, bad luck. They can't get me. I love it. I do the same thing. Mine starts at 8 p.m. and then it goes through till 6 a.m. So I am not, I don't get any notifications. The other thing my mm. phone does, and I okay. highly recommend this, it's worked wonders for people, is turning your color settings to black and white. We get much less of a dopamine hit when we're not seeing vivid colors. So turning your phone settings to just black and white can really help you to feel less desire, like less desire to use your phone. Mm. And, and you, you made a really good point about, uh, well, the point I made about three dimensions versus two dimensions, rather than reading a flat screen, read a book. It's three read dimensional. Book. Yes. But with that, <laughs> there is absolutely no point having the book and the phone on your bedside table because unfortunately the phone will always win because you've got this vibrant entertaining, you know, dopamine inducing device versus this black and white analog book, which is, I'm sorry, it's not going to win for most people. So you have to have your phone out of reach. Hmm. Okay. What else? you got some <laughs> okay. other good hints. Other things you need to do is get outside in nature. And because the more time we spend in nature, 
research shows the more we appreciate the three-dimensional world, like you're talking about, Ross, and the less we feel glued to our phones. And the other thing with all habits that you want to break is create hurdles. We are creatures that love the path of least resistance. Make Mm. it a bit harder to get into your phone. Use a really long password. Log out of your social media apps. Put the apps on the last page of your phone so you've got to really scroll to get through them. You have to create hurdles so that you're not mindlessly or reflexively reaching for your phone. Can I, can I just make a point just to go back to what you were saying about nature? Yeah. It's not just good for you to be there in three dimensions in nature. That's wonderful. But it's also the effect of being in nature as well in terms mm. of the physiologic benefits to your body. I mean, for example, I think there's something really healing about salt water. There's something really healing about being in a forest and breathing in the beautiful air from the oxygen off the trees uh, as opposed to this sterile uh, same old, same old world that we live in. So I think there's some incredible benefits from leaving the technology behind and getting out in nature. It's true. And we know that spending just 10 minutes in a forest or in a green environment can significantly mm. reduce blood pressure. Yep, no doubt. Well, many that. other things, mental health, the whole works. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think it's also valuable. And I, I'm a really big fan of awareness and curiosity and mindfulness. And I think when it comes to trying to reduce how much we you know how much time we're spending on our devices i think it's valuable to be mindful of how social media and online content is affecting our mental well-being you know when you realize that these apps are designed to keep you scrolling for hours and they're not really serving your life it becomes so much easier to put those devices away and enjoy real life connections and real life yep. experiences absolutely i couldn't agree with you more Awesome, Ross. Well, breaking phone addiction and reducing usage, it takes time and it takes a bit of effort. But with small changes that you can gradually implement, you can absolutely break your phone use habit, whether it's an addiction or just a really bad habit. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode on Eat, Live and Move Well with Miyagi. Thank you so much for listening. Whatever platform you're listening to today, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out when we drop a new episode. That's all from us. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week for more conversations with me, Gina, and my co-host, Dr. Ross Walker.